0: Hey guys, we are back with episode uh, 42. Uh, Again, as I always say, I I, I hate repeating myself, but it's like, how do you not when you say so many, do so many of these and all? Uh, But yeah, this is an interview. This is actually going to be a two part interview. And um, this half is just going to be with my buddy Jason. And we're going to do his wife, which just sounds awful to say that way. But we're going to have his wife on the. The second part, and uh, we're just going to talk about mental health and depression and just his experiences and, and mine. And uh, it's very informational. And uh, yeah, I'm glad we we did this. And uh, another good friend. So and and just slowly but surely we're, we're we're navigating this and we're circulating the globe and we're finding all these great people and we're we're, we're building this machine and uh, the my blurred opinion. No, I hate that. I hate when people say the the, the army or the gang or whatever, horseshit. Like, just, you know, let's just be a community. Let's be human. Let's just, you know, get each other's backs and fight for what's right. Uh, Yeah, guys, I love y'all. Thank you for supporting. And uh, you know what to do. Like, comment, and subscribe. Five stars and all that. Jazz. And, uh, yeah, guys, welcome my buddy, Jason. All right, guys, we are back, and uh, I'm talking to my new friend Jason. And uh, Jason, say hello. This is where you say hi.
1: Oh, sorry, sorry, you're good, buddy. What's up? What's up, buddy? I, I didn't hear you for a minute. Oh, that's okay. Uh, how you doing? Thank, thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, this this is. I know it's a little bit different from the things that you've been doing, but but I think that that what I'm going to share with you guys. It's really going to strike, you know, hit home and, and, and hopefully you get some nuggets out of it. Hopefully you really get some nuggets out of it.
0: And it's different. I mean, you may be in some of the interviews, but like my, my single episodes where I'm by myself, a lot of times it's pretty similar. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So why don't you tell you know, you start wherever you want to start as far as we're, we're basically just going to talk a lot about mental health today. And then we're going to talk about his wife, uh, what she went through, but we're going to start with you know, where you feel the beginning of your journey of depression?
1: So, um, well, uh, first I want to tell you about who I am today. Um, Today I am a number one international best-selling author. Um, My book is called Break the Cycle. Um, So it's around depression. Uh, I I suffered from a 30-year battle of depression throughout my life because of the things that happened to me in my childhood. And because I did not know how to heal from those things, I took all of that, all of those those suppressed feelings and suppressed emotions into my adulthood. So um, ever since I was about four or five years old, I witnessed my father beating my mother. I witnessed my parents um, addicted to drugs, addi- addicted to alcohol. Uh, I was physically abused. I was mentally abused as a child. And. You know, I didn't realize what was going on because it was part of my everyday life. I just thought that this is the way things are supposed to be. I thought that everybody grew up this way. So when I got until, you know, when I got into junior high and then later on into high school, I really started to see that, you know, this is not the way things are supposed to be. I started to see my friends and their families and the way that their, their parents were, were treating their kids. And I started to realize, you know what, my life is not the same. My mother used to to take things out, you know, inside of the house to to pay for her drug addiction. And then when those things ran out, she would come into my my room and and take things out of my room to pay for her drug addiction. And then when that ran out, she would sell her body on the street to pay for her drug addiction. I remember one day coming home from school, and a, a computer that I had on my on my desk that I used to play games on to, to kind of mentally check out, you know, mentally quiet my mind and sometimes even do some homework on was taken out of my room to pay for her drug addiction. Uh,
0: what was her drug so addiction? Do you know?
1: I think I, you know She was, she was on meth. She was on meth and then she did some other things. I'm not sure what else she did, but she was definitely uh, addicted to meth. Right.
0: That's And,
1: and too. it was, it, yeah. Oh yeah. It was, it was bad. Um, but I that day, you know, I, I took it upon myself. I said, you know what, I have enough. I, I'd had enough, and, and I didn't know what else to do but to go grab a bottle of pills and down two handfuls of, of high-strength Tylenol. I think I, I must have taken about 15 pills. And I I fell to the floor. I cried. And then I woke up about 12 hours later. And I could not move. I could not roll over. I could not. I don't even know how I managed to crawl to my bed because I, I was, I was hallucinating. My head was pounding. Everything was spinning. Um, you know, I, I crawled to my bed and I just laid there and, and hours and hours and hours went by. I woke up. It was, it was in the morning. I, I managed to get to. The bathroom, I, I threw up all over the place. You know, I got everything out of my system. Somebody was watching over me that day. But, uh, you know, what I took away that day was nobody even realized what I had done. And I had been in there for, you know, 15 hours or so. But nobody even realized what I had done. So I took everything that I did and I suppressed it. I buried it inside of my head. I went to school every day for the next four years and did not tell a soul what happened to me. They never told anybody on the things that I was feeling inside. So I became a master at suppressing my feelings. I became a master at putting up a facade around people, you know, so so they wouldn't see me as as different. They wouldn't see me as that poor kid in high school that's got a messed up family.
0: Right. Did you feel, like, relieved, though, like, when you survived it, or did you feel bad? No,
1: absolutely not. I mean, I I was—I was— hurting inside I was I was you know just just screaming inside but somehow I managed to keep it all inside and I think one of the things that helped me actually know the thing that helped me when I was in high school was I, I took gym class in high school I took gym you know weights is what I took and something inside of that class really allowed me to to get into a meditation mode I started to to pick up these weights and I realized that hey this this hurts, but it was trading one pain for another. And I liked that pain. I liked that pain because it was, it was like, it, it, it took my mind off of the pain that was going on in my head. And then I started to realize over time that my body was changing. And when my body was changing, people were commenting, people were saying, wow, you know, you're, you're looking off, you're looking awesome. you know, you're getting bigger. Your, your, your arms are looking good. So, so I started to get this different different look from people that I was craving from my own family. If that makes sense. Like, like they were, they were praising me. They were, they were giving me, you know, kudos. Yeah. yeah, Attention. And, and I was like, man, I I need to keep doing this. So that's what ultimately got me through my childhood was, was my, my gym, gym class. But then when I went into my adulthood, I still had, I, I still had all of these, these suppressed emotions and suppressed pain, and even a hatred towards women. Uh. And I got married. I got married when I was twenty years old. Now, is this because of your mother? I, uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right. Okay. Because how, of my how come mother. you didn't
0: hate your father if he was the one abusing your mom?
1: You, you know, I think I, I, I've asked myself that question so many times. Why don't I have as much hatred towards my father as I do my mother? And, and the only thing that I can think of is is that the bond that a mother has with her children there's there's just there's that that bond that that's so much stronger at least for me in my case i think i was craving it more towards her than i was him
0: no i got you i and, had the same thing with my mom and, so i get it
1: absolutely and also too you know during these times i i've had physical altercations with my father and i did i did get the better of him one time and i think that Maybe that was a little bit more, um, uh, I'm not sure the word I'm looking for. It was a little more not healing, but, but yeah, I gotcha. like, I, you know what I mean? Like, 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 you know what? He had it coming. I stood my ground. I, 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 you know, basically just, just let's just say I stood my ground. That's that. I can't, I can't think of the right word right now. Right. But, that's, but in
0: uh, a way that could be therapeutic for a guy like.
1: I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, and, it's sad
0: as it says, but yeah, that, it's yeah, sad to say, but it and yeah, I, I get what you
1: mean. Yeah, and and I took these these feelings, TJ, into my adulthood, into my marriage, you know, really angry at women, really hating women, and and I got married because I didn't know any better. I didn't have the value of being a good father. I didn't have the value of being a good husband. I didn't I didn't know how to be in a relationship and how to treat my woman. And then we had kids, you know, so, so I had two sons with her, or I have two sons with her and I did not have the value of, of being a good father. I didn't know because I didn't download those files as a child. So I I took everything that I had learned into my adulthood and, and with all of these suppressed feelings and all of these suppressed emotions and not knowing how to heal from them and not knowing how to expose them, I just my marriage and destroyed my relationship with my kids and even to this day I am still trying to repair that relationship with my two boys because right. of the things that I did you know I I I would leave when we'd get in a fight I'd leave the house and I would go stay with other women I, I can't tell you how many times I was caught with other women because I did not know how to value my wife
0: right was she a good person
1: well, she, she, no, she, she she's a good person. Everybody's a good person inside, but because of the way that, that I expressed myself, brought who she was out, you know, brought brought her out. And I and I don't blame her, not not one bit, because anybody would have done that. Anybody would have would have, you know, reacted the way that they've they reacted. She reacted.
0: Right, right, right. I just mean, was she, know, she, was she a good fit for you if you were in the right mindset?
1: Uh, you know, if I was in the right mindset, I think that, um, yeah, because I I think that if I was in the right mindset, I could, I could really, you know, look into the things that, that was happening and, and see a different perspective. Right, right. See a different perspective. You know, a lot of times we, we blame other people and, and I did that for years. A lot of times we blame other people for, for our situations, and in reality, it's us and it was me. Like I've been through relationship after relationship after relationship and every single one of them failed because of me. And the whole time I thought, why am I attracted to these crazy women? Why am I, you know, every time I get into a a relationship, why is it always the same? Well, the common denominator was me. And I didn't realize that until I was 26 years old. So I'm going to backtrack a little bit. When I was 18, my mother walked herself into uh, the local police department and she said, I need help. So for the first time in my life, she started to go into the right direction. She ended up being relocated about a hundred miles away into a rehab center and got clean, started living a clean and sober life. But because of her lifestyle, when she was addicted, get uh, addicted to the drugs and because of what she was doing she she contracted hepatitis c so over the next eight years from from when i was 18 years old until 26 she was going through liver transplants. she went through two liver transplants because her liver kept giving out the hep c was just attacking her liver and then she got put on the list for for her third liver transplant when i was 26 years old well over that over that period of time that she was she was living a sober life she would constantly reach out to me over and over and over again trying to heal the relationship with her son trying to mend the relationship that that got so damaged because of how she treated me as a child and i wanted nothing to do with it i was so angry i was so pissed off at her inside that i didn't i didn't want anything to do with it mm-hmm. and, you know she she didn't she didn't see my my boys very much because i just didn't come around she would call me and and i wouldn't answer or i would answer and i'd say I'll, I'll, I'll call you back. I'm, I'm kind of busy. And I never called her back. Right. So I remember going down there when she got put into the hospital, she got admitted to a UCLA medical center when I was 26 and she got put on the list for her third transplant. She, her body was, was given out, you know, so, so they had to admit her and they were just waiting. They were waiting for a donor liver to come in, just waiting. She ended up on dialysis. She ended up with a bunch of tubes in her and she couldn't talk. And I remember sitting with her in the room, And I was just holding her hand. And this is the first time in my life that I've actually felt some gratitude that she was alive. And I sat with her and I talked with her and kind of told her, you know, how, how her grandsons were doing. And I got up to leave to come back home that day. I was going to go back the next day. And she stopped me as soon as I got to the door. She had this murmured sound that came from her hospital bed. I turned around and we locked eyes for about 30 seconds. And I told her, I know, I know, mama. And what she'd done was she'd looked at me, didn't have to say anything, but that look spoke so many words. And she told me how sorry she was for everything that she did to me as a child. All right. The next day when I came down there to visit her, she was on life support.
0: Wow.
1: There was no chance for her to, to survive and we had to pull the plug.
0: Did you so have, we had to let her. Did you have regret? for not trying to let her back in
1: for the next six years until I was 32 years old. I went into my darkest place of my dark, just my darkest place because not only was I living all through all of the pain in my past as a child, but now I had so much guilt inside of me because I never let her back in. I was in a downward spiral. I was going through relationship after relationship after relationship you know, I TJ, there was times I, I went through three or four women in one week. I was just, I, I was lost. I didn't know what I was doing. And then one day I sat down, I was inside of my apartment, and, and I lived alone. And when you're alone and you have quiet around you and no sounds, the things that go through your mind.
0: Yeah. It may be quiet I, on the outside, but it's not on the inside.
1: Oh. Uh, you have time to reflect on everything that has gone in, you know, gone on in your life. And I made the, the best decision I could have made in my life. I made the decision to go down and see my mother where she was buried. I hadn't been there since the day that she was buried six years prior. So I drove down uh, by myself. Uh, As I walked up to her gravesite, I can feel the hair standing up on the back of my neck. I can feel the tears running down my face. And when I got to her gravesite, I told her everything that I felt inside. I screamed, I yelled, I cried. I told her how she made me feel. I told her all the things that I wanted to tell her as a child. Then I told her all of the things that I wanted to tell her as an adult. Then I apologized to her for not letting her into my life. When I left the cemetery that day, I left with so much power. I left with with so many more positive thoughts and feelings and emotions that I've ever had in my life because I put a voice to my emotions. I gave myself the grace of being a human being to be able to feel emotions. And that has been that was the start to my to my recovery. That was the start to to overcoming my depression because I finally realized that I was able to about how I was feeling and as men we don't do that as men we suppress all of our feelings and emotions inside of us and as men it's okay to show a little bit of vulnerability
0: Right? do you think some of that was passed down from your father as far as not looking Absolutely. Weak?
1: I think it's passed down generation after generation with with so many people with so many people because the stigma of, of being weak for us men if we show any kind of emotion is what gets it's what keeps us from talking about our emotion our emotions right. and and, right. and and if we don't talk about that we will suppress those things and it will affect us and everyone else around us
0: right yeah yeah and sometimes and, it's, it's for the silliest of things it's like oh you're so affectionate with your girl or something it's like oh you're gay or you're weak or right you're, you're all right. these silly things that make no sense and then you get old enough to be that person's age, and you go like, oh, okay, yeah, it's, it's even dumber than I thought.
1: Absolutely. As long you as you know, don't and, pass and, it on. Yeah, and, and it could be from anything, too. I mean, my, my past is my past, but somebody may, may have suffered some sort of traumatic event, and then they feel, you know, they, they can fall into a depression. They can fall into, into having all these feelings and emotions and suppress them, and then ultimately it's, it's the same thing. You know, it doesn't matter what your past is. Depression is depression. It doesn't care who you are. It doesn't care, you know, what, what your, your situation was, you know, it's just, it, it affects people the same way. And if we suppress our thoughts and feelings, it is so damaging and it, it could destroy everything, everything that, that we have.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. What it does to you, like, as we were just talking off mic this <clears throat> you know what it does to you mentally, and 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 what it does to your body. It 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 takes a toll on you, and if you don't address it soon enough, it will eventually kill you. Just the stress that's alone what? and the anxiety. Anxiety is the worst. I mean, that's. I think you know when I told you some of the dark things I was going through and and thinking that I've mentioned on here before. Um, when I started thinking some of these dark thoughts, it was the first thought of okay, I need to change this. But then once I I think my final breakdown was like I used to. If I slept with a girl, um, I would panic about getting bed bugs, STDs, and pregnancy. And I could wear thirteen condoms; it didn't matter. I was freaking, mm-hmm. out, and it was so it it made it was made no sense. Um, but it, and it would like I would have a reprieval every so often, and then all of a sudden the rush of uh, of the anxiety would kick back in. And I think my final straw was I was getting new furniture in my bedroom and they were putting, they took all the old furniture out and I was fine and they started putting the new furniture in and I just felt like the the floor was going to cave in and I knew it was so silly, but it just made me just go, you know what? I, all right, it's time to take some medication until whenever, but let's just address this now because this is going to kill me because I'd wake up every morning and my heart was beating out of my chest and, some of that was some of the mm-hmm. medication they were feeding me too, because they were giving me like a uh, clonopin, and basically it it makes you sleep, it makes you feel good, but the addictiveness of it is as soon as it wears off, it makes you your anxiety ten times stronger, and then it makes right. you want to take another one. So, I I was taking those until my antidepressants kicked in, because those take usually six to eight weeks, and um. Mm. yeah and so that that's kind of and again like i said in at one point i went to the hospital for a panic attack where my fingers and toes locked up i I just my whole body was just screwed up it it just wasn't you know i I, my heart rate went so like it was beating so fast that they had to they had to give me some medication and an iv to to just settle me down because i just couldn't (laughs) i couldn't take it anymore
1: yeah You, you know i i really think that 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 what you're doing and 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 opening up this safe place for everybody so people can talk about the things that are that are that are you know that they're hesitating with or things that are disrupting their lives because ultimately talking about them and feeling the safe zone is so rewarding you know because what scares me about you know going to see a, a doctor or or going into the hospital is the fact that the first thing that they want to do is put you on medication right. and then like you said like you said you know you can get addicted to that stuff and then and then it's even you know a, a, a whole lot more problems that you have to deal with you know do you, what happens if you get addicted to the pills that you're on you know or or what happens if, if your mind is so so far gone that you know now I have these pills like me what I did I, I grabbed those pills and I just swallowed a shit ton of them and, and I hope I ended my life. Right, you know, so right. I think that, that really opening up and talking and having the safe zone and, and being able to share how we're feeling is, is really, you know, the right step that we need to go initially. Right. And if that doesn't work and then, then maybe, you know, okay, let's, let's get some sort of medication, but getting people <laughs> to open up and talk about their feelings and emotions, I think is is really the first, the right. first thing that we should be looking at.
0: Yeah. And you address, if you address it all, you, you, you tackle, you know, the whole elephant in the room, you, you throw it all out on one table. And I always tell girls when they date me now or get to know me now, I'm like, look, if you like me now, you're going to love me down the road. I just get better. But if you don't like me, you're going to hate me. Mm. Um, And it's like, if you get everything out and you just say, look, this is me in a nutshell, this is, you know, a smorgasbord. I lay everything out right here for you. This is me. Um, This is all the shit I've been through. If this is too much for you, then you might want to run. But, I'm super honest with myself and I and I'm being honest with everyone else and I'm not afraid to say everything I've been through because you know it's real it's my real life. Uh, there's nothing fake about it and it helps people um, because there's a yeah. lot of people who still even if they hear this can't um, uh, they don't feel they can share it but it helps them internally to maybe their internal monologue with themselves like okay, see, I'm not the only one out here because we all do feel alone. Um, when we're going yeah. through these problems, whether it's, you know, the disabled stuff or the, the mental health stuff or, or whatever, uh, we all feel like we're alone. And then when you hear someone else, even if it's a little bit, even if their whole story is totally different, but they hear one smidge of it where it's like, oh, okay, it's like me. That literally can get yeah. them through a month.
1: Absolutely. And, and, you know, it's a feeling of loneliness that I think attacks us all. It mm-hmm. really does. We, we, you know, when we're suffering in those moments, we truly feel lonely. Right. But what we find out is when we learn how to speak about the things that we're feeling, we, we realize that we are not alone. Yeah.
0: And you could be, and by the way, that. you could be, so I'm sorry, but I didn't mean to cut you off.
1: Um, no, 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 go You ahead. can,
0: you could be lonely and be with somebody and still be lonely, like mentally. Yeah. Like lo- yeah. The, yeah. the idea of loneliness isn't just, Oh, you know, well you don't have anyone around that cares about you. No, I have, I've had people in my life that cared. Like I've always had my mom and my grandma, uh, even if I didn't have really any friends at the time or so on, but I always had them. So technically I didn't have complete loneliness, but in my head, you know, I didn't have a girl. I didn't have any friends. I didn't have a, that all added up to. Yeah. All I have is a cat, my mom, my grandma, and, and I'm, I'm lonely. Like no one cares about me. Um, yeah. And you could be with a girl or a guy, like you could be with whoever and still feel lonely. Because if you don't feel like anyone understands you and no one cares about you, um, even if you're married to them, you can still internally feel lonely
1: absolutely and 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 showing up and sharing your 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 true authentic self and being transparent so other people open up and share their transparency and their truth that's what we need because then we realize you know what we are not alone when you open up and you can share those things about yourself other people will be you know will will want to do the same and then you find out you know what you do understand me right and all it takes is for us to open up and 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 feel safe to, to be able to, to share our, our truth. Right. And I think that, that it takes, you know, it takes leaders. It takes, it takes people that have an internal power, like, like what you're doing and what I'm doing. We need to do that for the other people that, that are not quite there yet.
0: Right. And we don't have to just continue to take the lid off of our stories because we're confident now in our skin. But the idea of mental health is just not something addressed unless some kid shoots up a school. Or, you know, so that yeah. they can use the gun issue or use something else, medication or whatever. They don't ever want to talk about it when when other things happen because those same kids, and, and I've said this, and, I, and I'm, I'm assuming, I mean, I'm sure you can relate in some ways. Like, you know, like a girl said to me in school one time, she was like, you know, uh, I don't remember word for word, but she basically said, you know, I don't fuck with TJ because he, he might be that crazy white kid. And, you know, she was black for the conversation, but, mm-hmm. she, he, you know, he, I wouldn't fuck with him because he might be that crazy white kid that'll shoot up the school. Now, she was kidding, but she was kind of right, even though it's wrong to say. You shouldn't say that to another kid in, in high school, but she was right, right because I did have anger. I did have sadness. I did feel lonely. I didn't feel like anyone gave a shit, and I, I dealt with abuse in school. I had teachers let me sit in, you know, I'd piss myself or shit on myself, and they would let me sit in it, and I was molested in mm-hmm. school. I had a lot of bad things happen to me, and you know, and then I was bullied a lot and so on uh, For my eye condition. Yep. And, you know, I had all that pent-up anger. I had kids throwing chairs and things at me. And, you know, I could have been that kid that shot up to school. Um, And I could have been anything. I could have been any any horrible person out here doing terrible things because it starts from something, you know. And a lot of times, of course, especially in your case, it starts from the childhood. And your your parents and and whoever's around you. Um, And so... Yeah, like, if we don't address the entire situation and not just bring it up because it it fits a certain narrative or or some political thing or or whatever, uh, Mm -hmm. racial lines or whatever thing they want to throw in there just randomly, um, like, it starts so much sooner. And if you don't get to it, that's how these school shooters happen. That's how, like, the only reason school shootings are down right now is because no kids are in school.
1: Uh, Absolutely. The anger hasn't gone
0: away. If you see the rioting and the looting and, and, and just... The capital shit and all these things—that's all mental health. That's all yep. it, we all have it. It's just some of us either can control it or some of us have very you know small doses dosages of it. But we all have is,
1: it. And this, and this is really the importance of getting out and speaking your truth and talking about it because you know it, it's the suppressed thoughts. It's the it's the suppressed feelings. You know, like you said, you were you were suppressing that anger because of the things that were going on with you when you were a child. You know, if we can't. If we can't open up and talk about it, it just builds up and builds up and builds up and one day it is gonna it, you know, you are gonna explode. Right. One day you are going to, you know, it the, the, the lid's gonna come off of the can and all that shit's gonna come out. Yeah. So so really, you know, really getting out there and talking about it and, and finding your safe place, you know, is, is really gonna be the, the right step on, on what we have to do and and there's not a lot of that out in the world, you know, it's because people don't feel safe. People don't feel like, they're in their safe place to be able to talk about things like that. And and I think that, God, there needs to be more more ways for, for people to feel safe and, and so they can share their, their vulnerability and share their truth. And, and things like this, what you're doing is is perfect, and, and we need more of it. Oh, we really it. do. We, we need more of it.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, and I think another thing that what people don't understand is, like, you know, guns, alcohol, drugs, all these things are so easy to get for yeah. regardless of your age um you know especially with me having messed up eyes a lot of times my eyes would be red i don't know how many people came up to me and was like hey do you want weed or do you have weed or do you want pills do you do you need pill like any of this it's it's not hard to get guns or, i mean especially with the dark web and and you know essentially right. they have their own version of amazon where you can buy ammunition and alcohol and drugs and or, um, you know a, a, any kind of weapon anything and it's like you know, if you want to act out and you want to do enough research, you can find any of these things. It's not hard. Yeah. Um. So, and, that, and that's, and it's, I'm not saying that just so people go do it. it. It's just, it, it, that's how easy it is yeah. to get, you know, a lot of these kids who shoot up these schools, some of them, they, they may have gun permits and so on and so on. But a lot of these people get guns passed down from their generations and their family, or they just go to a store and buy one. And then... You know, and because and it, it's all state by state and again I'm not a gun person I'm not a person that's advocating for get rid of guns or keeping guns I don't care either way I you know again it's really a people person uh a people problem than it is the guns right, right. um even though I don't own any but uh, you know it's it's a people problem but it's a people problem in everything we do you know the, 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 the reason why the earth is burning down and, and looting and all everything that you know any animals that get wiped out or anything in this world it's all us um and so yeah, if we don't address these things and stop talking about just the most obvious stuff, like, oh, well, guns, it's like, yeah, like, and I know it's a corny thing to say, like, oh, it's not a, you know, it's not a gun problem, it's a people problem, but look, we also have to pay for the people that are around us, too, like, you
1: know? No, you're you're absolutely right, it, it, it is a people problem, and I think, I think that, you know, when it comes to, to, to politics and things like that, is that they, they want to attack the surface level because that's the easiest way instead of really focusing on you know what what the issue really is and it is you know a lot of it is mental health right but it, it's such a complex problem that that's not what's focused on right. It's 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 always a surface level action uh and and mental health is always something that's kind of like shied away from and 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 it's there everybody knows it's there but it's like you know it's, it's almost like um you know, let, let's, let's not, let's not go there because, you know, that's, that's going to be too hard to deal with. Right. And we got to stop I think that,
0: vilifying that, people too. Like, just beca- like, you know, people will see a homeless person and they're angry or a little crazy and because they have a lot of booze or something. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but first of all, we shouldn't have homeless people. And and, and two, right. we have them because this country doesn't, and it's not just us, but we can only talk about our country. This country doesn't care about us in most ways. Yeah. And it's like, you, you, you want people, you want someone to live outside like an animal and you want them to basically have no care from, from, from hospitals or people just throw shit at them. Uh, they have to, you know, ravage through the garbage and all these things. And you want them to act like a normal citizen around you and not be a little crazy. It's like, what, what do you want from them? Like everybody has a little craziness and a lot of us are lucky. We're fortunate that we can sit and I'm sitting in my apartment. My cat's looking out the window. I'm talking to a really nice microphone and I'm talking to a good guy and we're just having a great conversation. But I'm fortunate enough to have these amenities that, I've, you know, I've fought for and, and, and you know, I, I earn a living and so on. But, you know, there's people that just don't have access to, to medical care because it's it's freaking expensive yeah. Um, and there's people that just don't give a shit or misdiagnosis and and all these things. There's so much that goes into it that people just automatically write you off as crazy because they're talking to themselves or whatever. But maybe talking to themselves is more therapeutic than talking to some person who's just gonna make them feel like shit anyway and belittle them. So
1: mm, yeah,
0: so that's you know that's yeah. the thing. Like we gotta stop vilifying people as just crazy. Look, you know, there's a girl who just you know put gorilla glue in her hair and it's one of the biggest stories. Yeah, she's she's not crazy. She's just stupid. But you know, we gotta just stop saying people are crazy because they do something that's a little abnormal from the average citizen. Because uh, different is always good. There's too many of us that are doing the same shit. We're voting for the same crap. We're, you know, we're, we're we're thinking the same way, and that's why racism and sexism and all these things continue to go on because we just don't want to change our minds about things. Um, and so and it's the same thing with mm-hmm. mental health. Like it's it's just these. This thing that's just like this you know again the elephant in the room it's this dark cloud that just metaphorically and literally just sits there in a corner and people just don't want to address it's like yeah it's there but so what it's like so what we all have it why are we pretending like we don't Um, yeah and then when you say you have it it's like oh well you're the cuckoo guy you're crazy it's like I mean I guess if that's what you want to think but you know I think you have some of it too Um, Yeah. yeah
1: yeah I mean yeah you know, you're absolutely right with all of that stuff. And, and you know what it is? It is, it is really sad that, that the world looks at people like that and, and automatically labels them and, and stereotypes them. You know what? Everybody has a story. Everybody has a story in their life that has affected them different ways. And until you know that story and until you know what that person has gone through, how can you put a label on that person? How can you judge the way... That 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 they are portraying themselves in the world because you don't know what their story is, right? And, and that's and that's and that's a problem. Yeah, that is a problem in this country. It absolutely is a problem.
0: Yeah, and that and that that can go to any category, right? You know, racially, sexually, anything. Just someone's. You know, I, I've, I've talked about this many times, but I've seen in the visually impaired community, I've seen visually impaired people make fun of blind people just because their right. their their eye acuities are a smidge bigger than a smidge better than theirs. Oh, I'm a little higher just so they, so they're not, you know, cause the disabled are, you know, homeless and, and, and certain groups, uh, even mental health. Like we're all at the bottom of the barrel. No one gives a shit. But when, yeah. when so it's like, Oh, how can I find a way to just kind of get up, move up one step above that person? Oh, I have, my eyes are a little better than yours. Or I hear a little better or one leg mm-hmm. works or, or whatever. I got crutches and you're in a wheelchair. Like it, it that's how bad it gets to the point where we end up turning on ourselves on each other and it's like man like how are we ever supposed to make any real change if all we do is just you know watch Compa- the news and, and then just destroy yep. each other
1: yeah comparison comparison really is, is <laughs> comparison is an issue when it comes to you know self development and self and self growth all we really need to do is pay attention to ourselves look at ourselves and what can we do better for ourselves Focus on the gratitude that we have in our lives. You know, there's a lot of things. Our, our brains are wired to really focus on on our lack, to really focus on the things that we don't have. Um, you know, really focus on on the things that 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 cause us pain. But when we flip the script and start focusing on our gratitude, focusing on the things that that make us feel good emotions, that's when we start to grow. You know, and when something shows up in your life that that automatically you know, causes you to feel a negative emotion, that negative, that negative emotion is your, is your trigger to say, Hey, I need to change this thought because you know what? Our brains don't know the difference between what we see and what we think about. So if we have a negative emotion, flip the script and look at it from a different perspective and to try and change the emotion. You know, I got a flat tire on my way to work. Shit. That's going to cost me $250, but you know what? Flip the script maybe I got a flat tire because up the road there was a big accident that I did not get in because I got this flat tire. Right. So if you flip that script, you can change the emotion. It works with every single situation in your life. It takes work. It takes a lot of, you know, it takes a lot of effort on your part. But if you can flip the script and look at every situation in your, in your life that's making you feel that hesitation or disruption within your energy, then we can start moving past things. Then we can start growing from things. We need to stop looking at other people and, and trying to better ourselves from, you know, from that next person. Just we can only do it for ourselves. The only person that we can change is ourselves.
0: Right. And, I, and there's, there's, there's something to the effect that, the, honestly, the older we get, and the more mature information do we get. Sometimes we go farther away from what we should be because sometimes when you're, when you're a kid, you're so simple. You're so honest. Like yeah. some, of the, some of the most basic qualities that we all should have in life, we have as a kid. And then we lose it when we get older. Uh, not absolutely. all of us, but I mean, yeah, like we
1: just, absolutely,
0: yeah, and it, it's so when, silly.
1: We're when, no, we were kids, yeah. when we are kids, when we are kids, TJ, we are cl- as closest to our spirit than we ever have been. Yeah. And somewhere in life, we lost that. Yeah. But we need to find that back. We need to find that again. We need to find our spirit and 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 live within our spirit. But it happens. Uh, it happens to, to to almost everybody in this world. Somewhere, something has happened in your life that you lose your spirit.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: And we define that again.
0: Yeah, and again, there's plenty of badass asshole kids out there. But where do you think that comes from? Like, it doesn't just come from where you know their their little brains. It comes from their families. It comes from whatever being put in front of them, uh, you know, television or, or whatever. Um, and it's just yeah, like kids are just so simple. They don't know anything, but they know enough. They pick up on little things. Um, and then just as time, they just lose all these great qualities. Like, you know, everyone, you know, every time something happens, it's always like, oh, we got to protect the kids. But mm-hmm. their idea of protecting kids now is lying to them. Don't don't give yeah. them the truth. Just feed them a bunch of shit that doesn't really matter. Who cares? Like, as long as you vote this way or, you know, you think this certain way, as long as that is, a, as long as you go along with my thing, we're good. So just like Yeah,
1: you're, you're right. You're right. I mean, we do. When when we're kids, we pick up. By the time we're seven years old, we picked up this blueprint within our mind that is going to drive how we think later on in life. Uh, we call it we call it the thermostat. This is something that we really focus on within our coaching uh, with our clients. Is is from the time you're born until you're seven years old, you have developed so many files, so to speak, from your parents, from your family life, whoever you've grown up with, okay. you're developing these, you're developing, you know, their habits. So then once you get up into your adulthood, once you're 35, about 35 years old, you're operating, operating at 95% from your subconscious mind, from the things that you developed as a child. So you, the way that you react, the way that you, you, you present yourself in, in a, in a bad situation and all of this stuff is, is from when you were a child that you know, from those files that you've downloaded as a child. So the only way to change that is to start bombarding your system with new thoughts and new emotions.
0: Right.
1: So if you're constantly in a negative state as an adult, it's probably because as a child, those are the things that you were downloading. So the only way to change that negative state is to flip the script, look at it from a different perspective until you can change the emotion <clears throat> and, and, do that over and over and over again repetition after repetition after repetition just like in the gym when you're working out your muscles when you're working out your arms or your chest it doesn't grow until you do repetition after repetition after repetition and it's the same with your mind you have to train your mind just like you train your physical body in order to get it to change so if you're constantly in a negative state you need to flip the scripts flip the perspective on what is causing you that disruption and and get the better emotion get the good emotion and train your mind do that over and over and over again with every single situation in your life and over time you'll start to notice that shit a lot of positive things are happening in my life a lot of positive things keep keep coming to me i'm having a good day after a good day after a good day because our mind is just a record of the past every day we have approximately 60 60,000 thoughts that runs through our mind. And most of those thoughts are from the day before. Yeah. So, so if we start to change our thoughts of today, we're going to have better tomorrow and so on.
0: Right. Um, whatever happened to your dad?
1: So I still don't have a great relationship with my father. My father, I didn't realize this until I was grown. Um, you know, Because I've done a lot of research, I've gone through a lot of, of, of coaching myself, uh, I have great mentors, and I realize the way that the mind works. I realize that, just like we were talking earlier about how you how you pick up things from when you were a child, how you download files from when you were a child.
0: Right.
1: I realized later on in life that something happened to my father as well, and that's something to think about. The, the people that do you wrong in your life, it's really not their fault because they downloaded the same files. From their parents or whoever they grew up with yeah so something happened to my father uh in his life and he the only difference is that he hasn't been able to come out and talk about it he hasn't been able to come out and heal from it he hasn't been able to grow so he's still living his life full of anger still blaming so many people around him still you know he, he's not a happy person yeah so We don't have a great relationship. You know, when I came out and I started telling my story, when I wrote my book, when I, when I, you know, did my online courses, a lot of it is around the things that you develop as a child. So he took it as, as an attack instead of out of, out of, you know, as something good to help other people. Right. So he's taken the things that I've done as an attack and kind of like, you know, almost, almost written me off you know wrote me off so to speak like no nah, you're just you're trying to make me look bad and this and that and I said dad it's, it's not about that you know it's it's about helping people and about breaking this fucking cycle excuse my language no, breaking the cycle of, of <laughs> depression and and the way that 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 we've been growing up generation after generation after generation we need to break that cycle so you can't change everybody yeah. I can't help everybody I can't heal everybody they have to want to change Right. And I hope that he does one day. I really hope that he that he opens his eyes and and wants to change. And when he does, I'm going to be here. I've forgiven him for everything that he's done to me. Right. I forgave my mom for the things that she did to me. Right. But they have to want to change. They have to want to to accept change.
0: Yeah. Because, and when he
1: does, yeah. I'll be here.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome. Yeah. It, it you because you look at it from both angles, like you want to hate him and you want to just go like fuck this guy because he did all these terrible things. But then, when you get to the age that you're at and all that you've been through already, then you start reflecting. And you go like, "Oh, whatever he put me through, I imagine what he went through." And, right. Absolutely. And he, it, it doesn't, for, you know, it doesn't completely just, you know, cross off what he did because, oops, hold on one second, I pulled the headphones out. One second. There we go. Um, but yeah, it doesn't cross off what he did, but you know, it's still, you you have to reflect and you just go, man, like, I really, like, he probably went through worse in some ways. You never know. I mean, who knows? Um, And again, that it's all about cutting the chain, like just cutting the umbilical cord in some way. Just, there's that it's just constantly passed down from generation to generation. And then, yeah, you know, and I, and like, it's with me, with my family, there's certain things with racial stuff or, or certain stuff that's just kind of, insignificant in my life. I don't want it around. And I grew, then I grew up in, you know, I moved to Philadelphia when I got sick and I got, you know, my sister's now half Hispanic. And so I, you know, I grew up in a different, you know, I drew another culture and I got to see other people. And I had friends that were all different colors. I I met gay, you know, I had friends that were gay and so on. Mm -hmm. And I just had a different idea. And I'm like, Oh, I'm breaking the, I'm breaking the cycle right now. Um, and, and I'm not as closed minded and I'm open to everything. And, um, And that's how you do it. You just have to, and you have to have experience. You just have to just, and you have to try. And you have to, you can't just sit around and wait for shit to change. And, you know, if you just engulf yourself into all this dark crap and you stay around those people that are bringing you down with them, you know, and you get complacent and you just stay there, you're never going to change. Absolutely. You have to, you have to, but you have to address what they've done to you. And not just address it like, oh, look what you did to me, but also like, wow, like I I went here, like I regardless if they are the problem, like if if you know if someone molested you and then you turn around and molest someone else, yeah, you can say, well, that I started this crap because of you, but eventually you have to take onus for it, and, right? And so, and I mean that's a harsh rea- you know, it's a harsh analogy, but. It's the same thing. Like if you do something similar to what your father does and your your whole thing is to, I want to be anti my father and I don't want to be nothing like him, but then you act like him because mm-hmm. uh, that was something with my sister. My sister used to get mad at her dad and, you know, and he he's, you know, sorry for things like this now, but he would, you know, I think what one time he called her a whore or something. And so then she started acting like one and it's like, look, he's an ass for saying that, but you know if you go out and act like one, you just proved them right. So it, right. it doesn't, doesn't, you're not helping anyone's situation because yes, maybe you're impacting his life a little bit, but in general, like you're just hurting yourself more than anything. Um.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're up. Ab- you're absolutely right. You know, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to backtrack a little bit, you know, when we were talking about, um, uh, God, what I'm, I'm, I'm having a, a a brain, a brain fart, I guess. I, I, uh, <laughs> every telling. day, every day uh, with me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, you know, when, when we were talking about, about my father and, and, you know, how we download those files and how we pick up things as a child, that really helps with the forgiveness because, you know what, you can go through life and, and people can do you harm. And, and you, need, you, you need to address that. You need to address the things that, that it, how it's making you feel. But how do you forgive that person? You know, sometimes you can't, depending on the situation, every situation is different. But when you look at it from the perspective of, you know what, I know how things happen generation after generation, how we, we download these files, how we, we, we set our thermostat setting, so to speak, because of the things that we went through as a child. And once you realize that the person that harmed you was subject to that too, every person in life is subject to that. Right. So it's easier to, to look at it from that perspective and say you know what it really wasn't their fault it right. really wasn't their fault because they downloaded the same files that I downloaded All right. do
0: you, but do you, do you think the beauty of it is. am sorry go ahead, go ahead.
1: but the beauty of it is is that now I am aware of it I can make the change I can flip the script I can I can look at it from a different perspective and I can stop it from from continuing on to the next generation, right. and, and that's 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 huge. When you're able to 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 create awareness around what's going on and, and stop it, that's what we need to do. A lot of people create the, the awareness. A lot of people know what's bothering them, but they don't know how to stop it. Yeah. They don't know how to accept what happened to them. They don't know how to how to accept and then how to forgive and how to stop it. Because the acceptance part is the hardest part. It's the hardest thing to accept what has happened to us.
0: Yeah. Acceptance and that's, where, is, that's
1: what takes the most work.
0: Yeah. Acceptance is definitely a huge thing. It's like once you get to a certain point and then you you know all your problems, it's all right there in front of you. And sometimes you just, or not accept, I'm sorry, forgiveness. Like once you get to that point, it sometimes mm-hmm. it's hard to forgive. And you walk around like a zombie and you just, and, 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 and something like with your mom, like you, you said, it, it happened to you. And then all of a sudden you had resentment for women. Um, it it carries over in everything else. So the longer you don't accept and the longer you don't forgive, uh, it makes it worse for the rest of your life until you actually forgive that person and just say, okay, enough of this, you know,
1: this and this happened. And, and, And I think, and I think what happens to with forgiveness is, is we, we tend to think that it's for the person that did you harm and it really isn't.
0: Right. Right. The
1: forgiveness is for you. The forgiveness is, is is for you because you acknowledge the fact that you have feelings and emotions and you have given them a voice. That is what you need to hear. You need to hear yourself forgiving somebody or it's, it's absolutely for you. It's not for the person. I didn't forgive my mom until after she was buried. I didn't forgive my mom until she was laying in the ground for six years. She didn't hear what I said. She didn't hear what I said. I heard what I said. Yeah. You know, and, and it's, it's absolutely, absolutely for us. It's, it's for us to be able to move forward in our lives. And I think it's, it's, it's such a big step. And some people aren't ready. You know, some people aren't ready to forgive because of, of the things that, they, that have, have happened to them. And I get it. I understand that. I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, you need to forgive this person. No, when you're ready, then, you, you know, you, you'll know when you're ready. Right. You'll know when you're ready to forgive. Do
0: you think there's anything good uh, that you learned from your father and mother?
1: You know what? I used to think of my story from a victim's mentality. I used to think, why, why did this happen to me? Why did I have to have parents like this? Why did they do the things that they did? But then once I got older and once I realized how to stop this from happening, I realized that this is my gift to the world because I need to share the things that I've learned and I need to help other people because there are they're not a lot of people that talk about these kind of things. So I go back in my life and I think about what has happened and what I survived. And I wouldn't change a thing. I wouldn't change anything that I, that I survived as a child. The only thing that I would change is the way that it affected other people around me today. I would change me hurting my relationship with my boys hurting my relationship with other people hurting my relationship with, with, with every woman that I've, I've did wrong because hurting other people because of the shit that was suppressed inside of me became more painful than anything that I survived as a child. Right. Um, So that's what I learned. And that's, and that's what I take away from, from my story.
0: Right. Um, and if there's any more you want to add, just go ahead. Um, but I, then we should probably transition to what you're when you're married now. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't want you to talk too much about it because I, you, you, you know, I'd, I honestly, I'd, I'd rather do your wife just the next episode. <clears throat> Perfect. Perfect. So she could tell the majority of it. Okay. <clears throat> but I would like to know how that transitioned and obviously, you know, guys, how you met and how did you carry over these new found feelings and how you learned to love and treat a woman the way she should be treated. Um, so yeah, how did your mental health and every, and all the abuse and everything you've gone through, how did that carry over into your current relationship?
1: So this is, this is kind of, this is kind of cool here. Um, Barisa was actually a part of my circle of friends in high school. Uh We met when we were, we met when we were 15 years old and this is when I was going through my attempted suicide. Same, same year, same everything. She had no idea what was going on in my life. None. Nobody did. So
0: Was she one of the people that gave you a compliment?
1: Um uh, no, I don't think so. I Uh. I don't don't think so. But but she was actually one of one of the girls that I was like, damn, you know, she's she's on another level. She's amazing, you know, and she was always one of those girls that I saw on a pedestal. You know, always one of those that I saw like, man, you know, I wish I could I could have her as a girlfriend. You know, when you're 15, you don't you just you you think a little bit differently. Right, yeah, yeah. But I never She's I always pretty. thought that she was out of out of my league, you know, and 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 she was. She was. So I always had this 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 perception of her. I always thought, you know, man, you know, I I need to I need to to have a girl like that one day in my life. And then, you know, we we lived our lives. You know, I got married. She went off and, and she, you know, became a successful uh, hairstylist in the beauty industry in, in New York. She was working on celebrities and stuff. And, and I, I followed her journey throughout the years. And then, uh, you know, she had a traumatic event that happened to her in 2014. She had a stroke. And and I won't go too deep into this, but but she, she was given a less than 1% chance to live. And, and I was... I was watching this happen, you know, on social media. I was in touch with the family, you know, just, just hoping and, and praying that she was going to be okay. And, and she did, you know, she, she pulled through it. And, uh, years later, about, about two and a half years ago, we met up at the gym because I, I still use the gym today as my outlet. It's my, it's my form of meditation. It's my, my place that I use to quiet my mind when when all kinds of shit's going through my mind, you know, we, we all need that. We all need that, that form of meditation in order to, to quiet our mind. So we were at the gym and I ran into her and I thought, I'll be damned. You know, here's this, this girl that I remember so long ago that, that I just looked at, you know, on that pedestal. And since that day, we have been together every single day. And now we are, we're not married yet. We're, we're, uh, we're engaged. Um, You know, we, we got engaged before this whole COVID thing. So we're going to see what happens with with COVID and, and, you know, we'll, we'll plan it soon, uh, plan a date soon. But yeah, we, we have not been apart since that day. We are both, uh, doing the same thing. You know, we, we are both coaching people around the mindset, you know, her, her ideal client or, or target market, so to speak, are, are people with traumatic events because she has that experience and, and, my people are people that are suffering, you know, depression and anxiety and mental health, which also happens to speak to a lot of people that, that are, uh, you know, suffering a a traumatic event in their lives, you know, some sort of physical traumatic event. So, so it's, it's really, you know, uh, a, a really good thing what we're doing, you know, that we're doing together because it's, we, we just, we feed off of each other and we help each other grow.
0: Are you guys living together?
1: We are, yes, we are. She's actually sitting right here. Oh,
0: great. <laughs> um, so do you? Uh, and this is just probably an obvious question, but uh, do you feel lonely now?
1: Absolutely not. Awesome. Um, Absolutely. Not. Um, you know what? And and it's not because somebody's sitting next to me. It's because right, right. I mean, because we're able to speak our truth and and be completely authentic and open with each other.
0: Right. Yeah. Of course. Um, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's got to be like a very uh, relieving feeling. Um, yeah. For so long, I mean, I mean, like I said, when you're going through that cloud of shit storm that you're battling in your head, and you know it doesn't matter if there's thirty thousand people next to you, you can feel as lonely as it gets. Um, That's right. And, and all it takes is one person that can actually make you feel less lonely. Um, yeah. So what's your and you said because you go to the gym. Uh, what is your demons and, and, you know, what's your mental health like these days? Obviously it's better, but you know, what are you, what are the type of thoughts and, you know, what are you, how are you dealing with it these days?
1: Okay. So, so for the longest time, you know, I've, I've, I've had all of those feelings and emotions that were just suppressed inside of me. And, and you have to take these things one by one and pick them apart. You know, you, you. I, the, the relationship with my mom, the things that happened with my mom, the things that happened with my dad, my relationship with my wife, my kids, I take each one of these things, or I took each one of these things, and and I, I look at it, that perspective that I was talking about earlier, I look at it from a different perspective. Okay, this happened to me for for this reason. You know, I, I I went through what I did as a child because it was my calling to help people around the world to to be able to heal and grow from the things that are happening to them. So when I flip that script and I flip that perspective, I can see the gratitude in the situation. Once you're able to do that with all of the things that happened in your past, you can start to do it with the things that are happening each day. So when something negative comes into my life during the day, I stop, I look at it, and I say, okay, this is happening to me for, for a reason, for a greater good, for a greater purpose. Let me flip the script on it. And then I'm able to move on because if you, if you don't do that and you allow it in your life, it's just going to compile and compile and compile because what we focus on grows, what we think about, we bring about. If we're focusing on negative shit, negative shit is going to keep happening to us every single day, all day long. And then, like I said earlier, the thoughts that we have today create our energy of tomorrow. So we need to stop it today and have good thoughts, have good emotions because then we're going to start off tomorrow on the right side of the bed.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If you don't, I mean, yeah. you have to try to find positive alternatives to all of it. If you, you have to, if you don't, and you just stay in this one spot. I mean, it, it's the whole quicksand. Like every time yeah. you try to get out of it, you're just going to sink deeper. So, absolutely, you know, and again, it, it's, it's gradual and it takes time. So it's like at some point you're going to be grabbing for that stick and maybe you take two steps forward out out of the quicksand quick and maybe one step back instead of the, the reverse. And little by little, you slowly get yourself out, you know, you, you from the submersion and, and you, you know, you can get out of it. And, you know, you probably will never have fully beat it. But you get to a certain point where it's just, you know, it's just background noise. And sometimes you just say, hey, so-and-so, you know, hey, TJ, shut the fuck up. Like... Your thoughts yeah, are, yeah. you know, and again, maybe like with you got exercise and music and, and your wife and, and things that just, you know, you're in a more of a happier space now. And, you know, there's still things that, you know, you're still battling regret and all these different things, but it, it's getting better and better over time. And it, it will continue to get better as long as you stay on the same path.
1: Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It, it's, it's inevitable. Things are going to happen every single day and it's a lifestyle change. It, it really is a lifestyle change. You yeah. know, it's not, not a one and done. It's not, you know, okay, I healed from this and everything is good. No, it's, it's, you had, it's a practice that you have to put into your daily routine every single day.
0: Right.
1: Otherwise, you know, otherwise it's, it's just going to come back and and, and it's going to start all over again. You have to really, you know, make sure that you are aware, you know, when something presents itself into your life, you have to stop it as soon as it comes in. It happens to me all the time. It happened when I released my book. You know, I released my book and I was doing great and, and, you know, I was getting all these great reviews on Amazon and then boom, I got this review that said, uh, you know what, uh, I'm not even going to read this book. Jason's a piece of shit. You know, he did this, he did that to his kids and yada, yada, yada. And right away, my energy went from in, in a positive state, you know, good energy to, to what the hell, you know, why would somebody do that to me? I got pissed off. I started cussing and then I stopped. I said, you know what? I said, this is happeni- happening to me for, for a greater purpose. I said, you know what? This is, why this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, thank you for showing up, showing up in my life, and thank you for saying that review. But I, I basically said everything that they said in that review inside of the book. Okay. I called myself out. I owned my truth, and I'm helping other people. And I said, thank you. Thank you for showing up and reminding me why I'm doing what I'm doing. And then right away my emotion changed.
0: I'm assuming this person knew you.
1: Yes. I, I'm yeah, absolutely. Right, right. Absolutely.
0: Otherwise, yeah.
1: Um so yeah, yeah so I, I you you have to take it, you have to stop it when it happens and and change the perspective and change the emotion. That's all it is. Right. In everything in life, everybody that's successful in life, that is what they have figured out is learning how to to control, not control, but how to, how to tap into the power of their mind. That's it. That's the secret with people that are millionaires, with people that that live great, you know, great lives, people that have great relationships. That's all it is. It's tapping into the power of your own thought. That's the secret of everything in life.
0: One of the biggest challenges that we have, and I think people always think like, Oh, I got to prove everybody wrong. But, the biggest thing is to prove yourself wrong because there's so many times that your mind is just going, no, you're not, you can't do this. Cause it feeds, it, it feeds off of all the other people that say you're not going to make it, but it's you that you have to, like, if you can overcome that everyone else, even if everyone still doesn't believe in you while you're doing it. Like I had a, I had a discussion with my grandma that really pissed me off and hurt my feelings. And I love my grandma to death, but you know, she still calls my podcast this hobby. And then, you know, she doesn't want me to, you know, basically take it too far because she doesn't want me to lose my job and this and this and, you know, or doesn't want me to quit my job. I'm like, Mom, I, grandma, I'm not happy there. And I'm, as soon as this starts making some real money, I'm out because I really want to do this full time because it's something I'm happy with and I'm passionate about because I care about helping people with mental health and disabilities and so on. And I'm going to make way more of a difference than doing that than filling vending machines. Um, And so she, the fact that she actually said that to me, like, it may mean like take it out on myself a little bit. And it was just like, you know, like, Oh, see, even your grandma doesn't believe you. So why the hell are you still doing this type of shit? But then people, Mm. you know, someone sends me an email saying, Hey man, like you helped get me through the day. And I don't even know this person from a hole in the wall. And it's like, how the hell can I stop doing this? If it's keeping people alive. Um, and, and I, so I, it's, it's me. I have to defeat. I'm not, I'm not worried about, I can get 30 shitty comments tomorrow Yes, I'm not saying it wouldn't have any effect, but it's me that I have to overcome that because it's like, you know, like I know what I'm doing is good and I know I have to just stay on that path because, you know, like I said, it beating yourself and, and beating the odds and, and just, you know, tackling every negative thought that's thrown your way because sometimes it's just, it's just repetitive, just machine gun shots at you and if you don't try to deflect them and if you don't, if you just sit there and take them, it's going to beat you to your knees. So, mm. yeah, you have to continue I, to fight.
1: I completely resonate with that, TJ, because we go through the same thing with our family. They don't understand what we're doing. You know, we, we, we both wrote our books. Me and Brisa both wrote our books. We both became number one international bestselling authors.
0: Awesome. And send and, me the link, by the and, way. When I put out the episode, I want the link. I'll put it in there
1: for yeah, you. Yeah, we'll do. We'll do. And and she, and and she the family is like, you know, what are you guys doing? Why don't you go out and get a real job? Why don't you go do this and go do that? So. So we have to stop searching for that validation from the people that are closest to us, because mo- more than likely, they're not going to get it. And, mm-hmm. and and we want it. We want that validation. We want that, you know, that support from from the ones that are closest to us. And it does. It does question you when you don't get it. Like, am I doing this for the right reasons? Or should I be doing this? Should I go get a real job? But, but you're right. When you get that support from the outside, and when you get people telling you that you're changing their lives, that's the gratitude that we need to find in, in those kind of situations that's why we are doing what we're doing and that's flipping the script right. you know you can look at it from the perspective of what your family's telling you and you can look at it from the perspective of what of what other people are telling you and you see the difference of, of emotion there
0: yeah one positive and need... comment you equal right. like 10 negative ones it's
1: right and and then so so where do we choose to put our energy right I choose to put it on the positive side because that's the energy that I want to 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 expel into the out into the world. Right. You know, if we focus on those positive emotions and that positive energy, that's that's where we're going to be. That's where we're going to live. That's where we're going to, you know, what we're going to put back out.
0: Right, and so what,
1: that's, that's a great. And a what great we're example. doing is the uh,
0: harder way around everything. We're not taking the easy route. Like we're not. We're even what we're trying to conquer, we're trying to conquer mental health and all these. Like, this is, you know, sitting around just waiting for shit to happen and, you know, mm. putting up selfies and things like pictures of cats and things to get people's attention. And I get frustrated because I'll have 500 people follow me on Facebook and then I put up a picture of my cat and everyone goes crazy. But then I put up a link in my podcast and I'll get, you know, five likes or something. And it's like, you know, yeah. yeah. And it's like, I love my cat. He's adorable. But, you know, like, I'm actually trying to make a real difference in the world, not, you know, not just on my Facebook page or in general, like I care about, you know, like I, I know, you know, someone told me once, like, she was like, like, you know, maybe you should talk about other topics other than just disability and, and homelessness and men and race and certain, like some of these major topics because you know like disability is not you know disabled people aren't sexy in a way and she wasn't and this was a person who's also disabled but she's saying the topic mm-hmm. of dis- disabled people is not sexy to the world and it's like yeah i don't give a fuck like it, i right. don't care because it needs and it's not about sexy but it, it needs to be something that's under people's tongues because if the if you don't hear our stories and if we don't fight for it you know if i don't fight for it, how can i sit here and complain that no one's fighting for it and, and you know, like people just think of us as just these freaks that walk around and just collect disability and are useless in a lot of ways. And it's like, no one wants to hire us. And there's so many things. And if if we don't put our foot down and actually challenge all these rules and we don't really, you know, fight in our communities and do certain things like there's, there's fighting, there's women that are fighting for women. It's called the me too movement, regardless if you agree with them, black lives matter. And, and you know, PETA and and there's, there's groups for everyone, but regardless if you agree with what they do or don't do, they're fighting for something and we don't have anything like that for mental health and disabilities and and homelessness and, and and some of these major topics because you know, they're not sexy. They're not, they, no one cares and we, you can make them care, but we can, we can't just make them care through like guilt and, and making them feel bad for us. Like I mean, that, that always catches people's attention to a certain degree, but it's like, man, look how many amazing people out here that are doing crazy shit um, that I've interviewed and I'm sure you've come across and so on, like, there's so many, I mean, look at your wife, like, again, you know, you said 99%, she wasn't, she was not supposed to recover or she recovered 99% and what, she was supposed to, she was supposed to die and it's like, yeah. if that's, you know, and that's a doctor that's supposed to know what he's talking about and this is not a right. shot at doctors because there's plenty of great doctors out there but, you know, you a doctor can't really tell you what you can and can't do until they know you in and out and um, and what you're capable of. And again, it goes back to what our original point is, our mental ability of ab- fighting things off.
1: Absolutely. And how many of us, you know, when you hear something from the outside, get influenced by that from, you know, get influenced by that. Like, like the doctors told her that she was, she had a less than 1% chance to survive. Well, if she, if her mind would have succumbed to that, if her mind would have said, Oh, shit, you know, I, I, I guess, I guess this is it. 99% that probably that would have been it. Right. But, but, but she didn't choose that. You know, she says, no, I'm making a decision. I'm making a firm choice that, that, you know, I am going to make it out of this. I am going to, you know, affirm to herself. I am going to show them otherwise. Yeah. And that's what we have to do. You know, you were saying that, that sometimes people don't, they don't like, you know, the, the, the things that you're posting about mental health, but they'll like, a lot of the posts with your cat and stuff, we deal with the same thing. You know, we deal with, with, with a lot of that. And, and what that is, is that's just a bunch of fans that are following you. And, and then when you post something that's really serious and, and what you're really passionate about, people are, are opening up to that. But you know what? All it takes is one person, one person that needed to hear that message. And, and, and that one person, maybe that changed their life. And for me, that's enough. That's enough to drive my passion. Just that one person. Right. And I think that's what we need to focus on is, is just that, that perspective. Well, then you and, look it, at, it,
0: yeah, and you look at what you're doing and what I'm doing. And now somehow we connected through other absolutely. channels. And now it's like, okay, now one voice is now it turns into two and then it turns into 10. And then, and eventually yep. you actually have a real committee and a real, you know, front line to battle some of this bullshit that, you know, it gets thrown in front of us. It's like it's
1: just—that's right.
0: You know, and I've I've said many times, like, you know, I, I never look at people who commit suicide as weak because you don't know where they're at mentally. Um, you know, I've I always talk about uh, Robin Williams, a guy who had everything. Um, yeah. And he killed himself. He had a family. He had a wife. He had money. He had fame. He had notoriety. You know, he had talent. He had everything. There's nothing. Right. You Kirk know, O'Bain had the biggest band in the world when he blew his head off with a shotgun. Right. It doesn't matter. Mental health pollutes you one way or another. Um, and so it's just it, it, you know, and these people who kill themselves, it's like losing one of us, like if, if I killed myself or you killed yourself tomorrow, like that's like losing yeah, you know, it's like gaining twenty of us. Because we're yeah. so few that, you know, Every person that joins our cause and every person that, not even just caught, just, it's is just talking and, and trying to make a small difference that hopefully leads into a big difference. It's so important, but everyone we lose, whether they just don't want to do it anymore or they kill themselves, it's as big as, it, it's, it's basically on the equivalent of gaining 10 or 20 of us. Um,
1: right. Yeah. right.
0: So that's why we have to stay strong and stick together. and that's been my whole message even just with the disabled community. It's like I don't want to just I don't want it to be me just talking about eye stuff or whatever because um, you know, we're all perceived as this stupid wheelchair logo guy. and it's like even though we're all different and that's okay, we're gonna all show that we're different, but we need to come together and show that that by when we're standing next to each other when we're talking and by what we do in our lives and, and so on. But if they want to put us in one category, let's do it. Because, you know, again, it's the same thing with racially. It's like they want to divide white and black people because they know if white and black people are together. It's it's amazingly strong and they don't know what to do with it. And to the point where they actually have to change their ideologies and they have to change yeah. the rules. So it's like if the blind and the deaf and the paraplegics and the people with dwarfism yeah. and pajaria kids and, and whatever, every disability sticks together. They actually there's 1.6 and 1.6 6 billion of us. If we actually stood next to each other and we actually just were united and held hands and said, "No, we're not taking this shit anymore." Guess what? There's a lot of rules that are gonna have to change um, mm. globally, not just in this country. But if we just change even a state's law or a, a, a town's laws or whatever, we change. It starts this just you know this this constant just. You know, on to the next one. Boom. Now who, you know, again, look at gay marriage, gay marriage. All of a sudden it seemed like it had, didn't have any hope. And then all of a sudden, boom, now it's legal. Marijuana is yeah. slowly becoming, le- it's not even slowly, rapidly now is becoming legal. It seems like it's taken forever, but one or two, you know, Washington and, and Colorado did it. And now I'm in Pennsylvania and all these states are just starting to just legalize it. And a lot of us didn't even think that was even possible in our lifetime because of how close-minded the government is and, And how, you know, these older generations are just blocking everything because they're out of touch. But now we have gay marriage and now marijuana is very close to being legalized. Whether you agree or disagree, it's good to have, it's it's something. Um, And it's like, it's so easy to see. It's every, all these things are so possible, but it's unity is what's going to happen. You know, you and I can't make a lot of change, but just our voices, unless we're like Ellen DeGeneres or Oprah or somebody big, even them, they can only make so much change um, so yeah
1: that's, that's that is yes I love that you're absolutely right. you're absolutely right and you know what we, we do we do need to stand up and we do need to stand up together and and this what we're doing now is is the start of that, and we need to keep bringing more people in and and you know just just get together because you're right we can't we can't do it alone. We can't do it with one voice yeah. We can't do it with one story.
0: No, we have
1: to together. We have to, to, you know, hold hands. We have to get our messages out to the world. We have to let people know that they're in a safe place. We have to let people know that, you know what, there's somebody out there that understands how you feel. Right. Yeah. That, that's a, that, that was, that was, that was amazing.
0: Yeah. And I've, I've probably, I mean, you know, I've had about at least 20 different people on this podcast and it's like, there's one girl that I'm coming up from the UK that I'm going to interview and she just, like, immediately started getting to, like, the podcast. I'm like, oh, let's, you know, you want to call me? or oh, we'll just do the interview. I'm like, no, like, I just want to talk to you as a friend. Like, at the right. end of the day, like, I don't give a shit. Like, I, look, I do care about the numbers, and I do care about the views and all that shit, and that's just me. But overall, like, every person that's been on here, I've, I'm have i still friends with. Now, some of them I was friends with, you know, like, three or four of them, I was, you know, about five of them, but I, was, I was friends with well before this. But, like, every person that I've had on here since... Um, I keep in contact. I make sure they're all okay because that's what I want. I want to, you know, eventually I want to start my own Facebook group and just, you know, where I could just put a group where we all just support each other in our endeavors and, and just, you know, and then at yeah. some point towards the end of the year, maybe we all come together and do some sort of something, a March or some, something, just whatever, a conference call or something. And we all just talk and just, you know, and, and figure out what we can make some change in the world. But, and so that, that's all I give a shit. Like to me, like I, I, you know, yeah, no, I will absolutely continue to talk to you and not just after the podcast comes out and you're and doing your wives and, and all that, or your, your fiance is like, I just want to, you know, of course it's not, there's nothing wrong with having as many genuine legit friends as possible, but especially the same one, especially when it's, they're all about the same cause. They just want some fairness and they want to live a, a healthy, happy life. So, um, and
1: that's, and that's, and that's passion, TJ. That's passion. That's connection. That's, That is what we need in the world: is passion, connection, authenticity. You know that that's coming from a true servant leader's heart, and that's what we need. Yeah, that's what we need. It's not all about business. It's not all about the numbers. It's not all about the likes. It's it's really coming from a servant leader's heart, right? And that is what is going to make the difference,
0: right? And when you see that, you know that light where you're just like, man, I'm out of here. I don't want to do this anymore. I want to kill myself. And you have all right. of these horrible negative thoughts. That's just, that's just, that's the bottom. You know, that's where you you hit rock bottom. So when you get to that point, that like you and I have, and everything is kind of up from there. I mean, yes, there's bad things are going to happen that kind of knock you back down a little bit. But overall, if you can get past those type of, that's why I asked you if if it was any kind of relief uh, relief that you know, you made it through, but I'm sure now, of course, but at that point yeah. you didn't see it because you couldn't see past all of it. And there was still plenty of, you know, metaphorical dead bodies all around you. Like there, you were still in the shit in a way. Um, Absolutely. And so and it took a while for you to actually, you know, your PTSD and everything to to, to come off and, and, and actually just go, oh, okay. Like this is what I need to be doing. And and, um, and of course, you know, the death of your mother and just all these things that it changes, your perspective actually molds into what you should have been in the beginning. But again, PTSD and so many things that are in depression. And so when you get to all those places, uh, yeah. And a lot of people do come out when you come, when the people who do make it out of it, they do get passionate because they don't want to take it anymore. They, and they don't, you know, I don't want to see people go through this. It's terrible.
1: Yeah. And, and you know what? And, 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 Obviously the the earlier that you can open up and talk about these things the better. Like for me it took me Jesus I mean I was in junior high school when I really started to have these feelings and I didn't figure out that I needed to open up and talk about things until I was 32 years old. Right. So I went through so many years of just destruction, so many years of of you know destroying things around me just hurting people along the way and 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 that's one thing i think about too like man i wish i could have opened up and talked to somebody when i was young because i could have changed a lot of things but in reality i I look back and i think you know what no i had to i had to experience all these things to grow i had to learn all of the things not to do so i can share that message with people right exactly so i I just you know really really talking about things and opening up as soon as you can you know just just know that you're not alone know that there are people that are out there that know how you feel know that you know what you, you you can get better it can change for you but you just have to you just have to open up and talk about it you got to open up and, and and bring these things that are that are causing you this disruption bring them up to the surface and we can start picking them apart we can start looking at them from a different perspective we can start changing your emotions and changing your thoughts and, and getting you to live a better life
0: right exactly well thank you for doing this buddy i appreciate
1: it absolutely thank you for having me tj that was that was amazing
0: yeah i'll um i'm, I'm gonna stop the recording now and then we can talk a few minutes after
1: okay okay